to Startup Confidential, what industry insiders will never tell you that you need to know if you're building a consumer brand. With your host, best-selling author of Ramping Your Brand, Dr. James Richardson. Let's do this. Welcome to Episode 112. The 2024 shelf grab has begun, or it will soon. The permanent impact of COVID-19 has been a permanent increase in white-collar work-from-home days. This, in turn, has permanently increased baseline consumption of food, beverage, and some personal care items, like toilet paper. Market-leading brands had to increase, during COVID, they had to increase both their production volumes, a little easier, and retail facings to keep things in stock. That created a lot of chaos in 2020 on supermarket shelves. When you're number one or number two share in a category, not just the natural end, but the whole category, you get the power to take extra facings in these kinds of situations to maintain in-stock levels. Or anytime there's some kind of a demand surge, like we saw during 2020. If the supply of smaller brands has remained stable, then this kind of situation would have created a permanently increased competition for reduced shelf slots because the majors just grabbed more slots from all the rest of you. But here's the thing, and that is initially what we saw in 2020 and 21. But over the last three years, what we've witnessed is the steady implosion of many early stage consumer brands at what appear to me to be higher rates than normal. It's very hard to get hard data on this unless you're UNFI. The first wave of brands that failed were the ones that went sideways in 2020 due to clogged distribution systems and exploding freight costs. They were generally already losing too much money to withstand this kind of hit to their P&L, and investors, if they had any, had little interest in rescuing these kinds of businesses in down rounds, or certainly in initial rounds. Now, the second wave of brands that fell away in 21 and 22 due to COGS inflation cannot be forgotten. These are brands that simply could no longer turn up enough profit to continue operations. Their gross margin and contribution margin profile went sideways, and they were also not in a position to raise money. Almost all of these first and second wave COVID-19 casualties among early stage consumer brands were in phase one and phase two. So they were below around 5 million on the company books. But here's the thing. There's a final wave of larger early stage brands that are going under as I record this and just recently. These are eight figure businesses, guys. Okay. They used to have fancy booths at Expo West and Expo East and yada yada. And they survived plenty of setbacks and hurdles to get where they eventually got, which is farther than a lot of you. Now, some rode artificial spikes in D2C, and a lot of them got access to an irrational amount of money given their performance because of what the hell was going on in the zero interest rate world of the 2010s in the investment world. And they probably got more money than they deserved based on the performance of those businesses. Some are simply businesses that got a ton of PR in the late 2010s. And something they were doing was super cool. They benefited from FOMO. They raised money on the backs of failed revenue models and very unprofitable P&Ls. But they had raised so much money that they were able to make it through those first two waves of shit show. They lasted essentially through the pandemic and its aftermath because they had cash war chests. And then they burned it. Hey, listeners. Exponential growth involves more than a killer product, great fundraising, and a great team. 
you need superb analytics to ride the ramp. Dr. Richardson's latest online course is now available, Effective Consumer Marketing for Early Stage Founders. You can find course pricing and details at premiumgrowthsolutions.com slash courses. And now back to the episode. The opportunity in the 2024 retail sales cycle that this carnage is creating, the third wave specifically, is pretty rare in my opinion because it is being created by the disappearance of an above average number of UPCs from regional and national supermarket shelves. So follow my logic. You know, the eight-figure brands that are going under or are drastically retrenching overextended more UPCs into thousands and thousands of doors that they could ultimately not support or drive fans toward to purchase. A collapsing brand at this size, folks, has a lot more linear shelf space nationwide than the average early stage brand, which is in phase one or two. They often have 20, 30 UPCs in national distribution in thousands of stores. So even just a retrenchment, right, of their UPC mix in order to pivot and then hopefully get back on their feet at one of these brands, that could open up five to 10 slots at some stores. Now, these slots go up for resale very quickly. Uh, resale, you ask, confused? Um, James, is this a real estate podcast? I thought it was about CPG startups. What some folks newer to the industry may not realize is that, yes, America's supermarkets do not actually make a profit off the products they sell in their stores. They make their profits on supplier fees, slotting fees, display fees, end cap fees, trade advertising fees, and on and on the fees shall go. Costco barely makes anything on the product they sell with a 10 to 15% margin cap off the shelf price for their members. They lean heavily on membership fees to make all their money. <laughs> yeah, they're selling access. That's their business model. What this means is that they're going to be an unusually large surge of open slots in 24, and these supermarkets absolutely need to fill them. But they're going to have to fill them with you, smaller brands. So the opportunity is huge for you, phase one, two, and even other phase three brands that are doing pretty well that need to grab some shelf space left and right of their brand blocks. <laughs> the cycling of small brands on supermarket shelves is accelerated in 23 and it's going to continue this year. So there are huge opportunities for aggressive brands of all sizes to get on those shelves with or without slotting. But yeah, these are part of the game. They need to resell those slots to keep their desk profits healthy. And I, that's why I think this year could be one of the best years to grab additional slots, probably in the last 20 to 25, because of all these post-pandemic things that are finally rolling through. And it doesn't, it shouldn't shock you that the, the eight figure brands that started before the pandemic are the last to fall. <laughs> they had more cash to coast on, but they are suffering. And so those of you that started more recently have an opportunity to take advantage of these open slots. So you go for it in 2024. That's all I've got for this episode, folks. And as always, be safe out there. Thanks for listening. Remember, Dr. Richardson has loads of resources for founders at premiumgrowthsolutions.com. And when you're on his site, don't forget to take his founders quiz and see if you're ready to ride the skate ramp of exponential growth.